This episode is powered by denanywhere.com, the online extension of Den Meditation. Our primary goal is to make meditation and personal growth available to all so that you truly understand and learn to love yourself, thus creating more harmony and success not only in your life, but within the world. We offer online programs, teacher trainings, retreats, free meditations, and many programs to further your growth. So go explore all the possibilities. Go to denanywhere.com now. This is super exciting. We heard you guys. Everyone always asks us, especially from the podcast, so how can I do the den even though I'm not there? I don't live close enough. I don't have the time. So now we have denanywhere.com. And you guys, it is basically like having the den whenever you need it, wherever you want. And we have free meditations, so there's no excuses, all different times so that you can put it into your practice and they are free. And we have certifications, workshops, challenges that I'll announce that we can all do together. Basically, it's anything you could want from us but can't walk through the doors. And the beauty is, you can sign up for free and please do as we're constantly putting new product up there and adding things that you're going to love. And I don't want you to miss anything. So go to denanywhere.com, sign up and enjoy. Welcome to Den Talks Podcast. I'm Tal, the founder of Den Meditation and your host. We have Natalia Benson on today, who's a modern day mystic, as she says, and she does describe what that means exactly. But she is an astrologer, works in tarot, is a life empowerment coach, um, and in meditation. But she's worked for companies like Who, What, Where, Mother Denim, Well and Good, The Zoe Report, Hello Yoga. I mean, the list goes on Google. So clearly she's doing something right. And she has found a way to live this world of spirituality and actually make some really good money from it. So I love talking to her about her journey because we really do chat about how she got here. And she had to peel a lot of layers and really step into herself. And some of that involved addictions and getting over that and really kind of doing the hard work on herself. And so we spent a lot of time on that, which I love because it's inspiring to remember you don't just get places by snapping your finger. There is hard work, not only just physical and like creating something, but on yourself. And so we dig into how can you do this work on yourself and why it's so important. She is beautiful. She radiates like physically. And also when she speaks, you're going to hear it. I know you're going to feel it through the podcast. I hope you enjoy this episode. And I think you're going to get a lot out of it. We'll just roll right in. I'm here with Natalia Benson. And I like that you kind of refer to yourself a little bit as like the modern mystic. <laughs> but like, let's talk about for a second what mystic really means, because mm-hmm. I feel like everyone has their own definition. So what do you consider that to be? So I like to say a modern mystic, because I definitely, although I'm an Aries and we're we're just having a chat about Aries energy. like Because I'm an Aries too. Yeah, I like <laughs> to look at, I'm like, I'm a modern mystic. So the way I look at it and something I always say is that, you know, everyone is a mystic if you choose to tap into that. And the way that I see it is it's just a, a depth of living. It's a it's a choice to view life, existence, reality just with a, a couple layers deeper. And that's really it. I that's the way I huh. look at mysticism and a mystic and and just being in integrity with with your practices, being in integrity with your word and your heart. And just going deep. So, and what do you feel like when you go those couple layers deeper? What is that? Oh my God. Well, let's see. If I go out anywhere, and I've lived in LA for almost 11 years, so I've been here for a while. If I go out anywhere, I am just 
analyzing things. Like it's very hard for me. And let me explain. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, and and not analyzing in, in a judgmental way, but looking at things, especially things that bother me or hurt my heart or don't make sense to me. Um, I look at those things just with a deeper perspective and I do my best to make sense of why. And if I, if I cannot come up with a why in terms of a really big picture universal plan in that moment, I go and do my inner work to figure out how to just make peace with whatever that is, if that makes sense. Yeah. Can you give an example? Oh God, let's see here. <laughs> but it does make sense, but it's like, okay, let me think of something. What's something that's really thrown me off recently? Okay, so this is this is not maybe the most kosher thing to start a, a no, podcast please. interview oh, with. Then but it's gonna be fantastic. Perfect. So I live in, in downtown Los Angeles mm-hmm. and um I love it there. And as I said, I've been in LA for a bit over a decade at this point. And obviously homelessness is a big issue here. And outside of being an, uh, or I'll just say in addition to being a mystic, I am an empath through and through. I am so sensitive. And I remember just recently um, driving in my car and a, a homeless guy hurls himself into the street and I almost hit him. Oh. And... It was so devastating. I've got my dog Tara here. She flew off the oh, back I hate when that seat, <laughs> and it was just like it was a really chaotic moment. And and I, as I, <laughs> this is not the first time that's happened. And I just remember getting so worked up and also wanting to like help him and see if he was. I mean, he was fine. He like carried on, but I just remember going home and being like, that is so fucked up, like just that you're living in your own state of reality that's so disconnected from, like, I don't know, like, that that I almost hit you in my fucking car because, like, you didn't, you just wanted to hurl yourself into the street at any moment. And I was not only physically just, like, so shaken up by it, but, like, saddened. Yeah. And, and I get really affected by things. This might sound like such a silly example, but it's just, like, Anytime I see like homelessness, which it's very rampant in downtown, especially. Yeah. And it's getting worse. And it's getting worse. And I just have a hard time. Like I think about the soul energy of that person. I think about the soul energy of, of this population. And I'm just like, what is that? You know, I, it's not enough for me to be like, here's um, some water and like $10. I'm just like, why on a soul level are you like, are you existing in this, in this capacity? Like, what is that? And, and that analyzing and that deep sense of compassion and kind of pain that I feel is like, this is a little bit more on the graver side of the example, but this is stuff that I think about a lot. And I wonder about the state of people. And I wonder about how are, how's it all going to work in the bigger picture? And how, what answers have you been finding? Um, you know, I have a book that really helped me. I started reading this book I think in 2011, which was about eight years ago, so I was in my 20s somewhere in there. I was in, I was in Europe um, traveling around with a boyfriend at the time, and I was in my early 20s was probably when I was the most 
at war with myself and the world and just how things were being so sensitive and so so just like having such a deep mentality. And I found this book called Journey of Souls. Um, Have you heard of it? Yeah, because I read that. I've read it. I love it. Yes, just really about reincarnation and all the case studies that... um, Doctor, oh my gosh, what is his name? It's not Eric White. It's no, it's that's the other guy. Because I read Brian Weiss. It's Brian Weiss, and I, I read them both back to back, though. Doctor Michael Newton. Yeah, yes, Michael Newton. I read it in my twenties too, and I'm in my forties, so I have nice. an excuse not to remember everything. <laughs> you look incredible. <laughs> Thank you. So, yeah, I I just remember reading that book. I read it cover to cover while we were traveling, and it gave me this sense of relief and peace. Like, okay, there's more than just all this. There's more than just these human personalities and the hierarchy of culture and economies and all this shit here. There's more. And what it helped me with, and as crazy as this might sound, I do apply this to to what I'm speaking about with with the homeless population here, is that there is rhyme and reason to the soul universe, to our souls. Mm -hmm. It may not have rhyme and reason to the ego, um, to my ego anyway, but getting to read that book just really gave me context to not only have compassion, but also surrender that I don't have to know why everyone is living the life they're living, if that makes sense. A thousand percent, because that's what I was going to say. We don't <laughs> always know why people have taken this lifetime to live out whatever it is. Exactly. And it's like, and I guess it's not even our jobs to know. No. And that's the hardest thing for me, honestly, at like the deepest level, like that is something I just struggle with because I just want people to be okay. You know, do you, is this like kind of like you want to help everyone complex type of thing? Totally. I feel like you, can you be my coach? Like you're already helping me. (laughs) This is we do that here so sometimes. Much. Great, I love it. We, I we joke. In. We joke. This podcast by the end, people are like, "Oh, I really I feel, got a lot out of I this." I feel great. I feel like I've changed. I feel like that's always how it is for me. Those speaking to other Aries women, many of my best friends are Aries, and we just have these like deep, like we're no fluff. Well, that's you what know? I was going to say. Just I feel like you go in. to it exactly. Aries goes to it, and it's, yeah. it's so helpful because sometimes when we're dealing with our own shit, we like mm-hmm. to talk around stuff. Because it's, you know, I think personally, because when you get into it, you want to fully know it like a thousand percent before you're like standing in it. So you kind of like dance all the moves to see how they feel. So having someone who's like, come on, and you know it, like you know it in your truth. And so it's always helpful. I get it. I think, yeah, that's the beauty about an Aries, I think. I, it's, it's one of our, our greatest qualities is we're just, we just go right in there. And something that I was going to add one of my favorite spiritual teachers. Have you heard of Coot Blackson? No. I love I love so a new name. He is just so impressive. I found out about him from one of a, a dear sister of mine. And I listened to an interview recently that he did where he spoke about mo- going through India and seeing these... Um, I mean, we think homelessness is crazy here. Oh, like God, no, there whole it's... other level. Like whole other level. And he said, listen, I look at that as like the advanced soul. That is the advanced soul. Like, cause from our Western mind, which is kind of what I'm illustrating here, 
were just like, how, like, don't you want your apartment mm-hmm. and your heat, central heating and food in your fridge and a job and whatnot? And he said, no, listen, there are some souls and people in this world where you can never understand by your rational thinking why they move through what they move through. But you just got to see it from like that's advanced soul training. And so I almost answered my own question here because as I said, that's a big issue for me looking at that. And, and it's almost like the battle I go through internally around seeing certain situations and then, and, and analyzing and rationalizing with my egoic mind, but then going into my soul and just saying surrender and trust that that being is exactly where they're meant to be. Yeah. And I, cause I do that too. And I go through that where I always have to remind myself even in not as extreme versions and that's extreme. Mm-hmm. And I feel, I feel that too. But even sometimes when it's whether you're friends or someone you're just trying to help get out of mm-hmm. whatever rut it is, mm-hmm. whether it be, it can be as hard as like drugs or whatever, mm-hmm. or just, you know, the same repetitive patterns. Yeah. And it's that same thing. You just kind of have to back off and know they're choosing this growth mm-hmm. and this learning yeah. for themselves and how they do it and when they do it mm-hmm. is part of it. Yes. And just trusting that. And I think, yeah. I don't know if you can relate to being very empathic or I'm, I can imagine many of your listeners are very keyed into sure. that word. And, and, you know, it's something for me only recently, cause I'm so much Aries, a lot of Capricorn in my chart. I'm an astrologer. I'm assuming someone will have known that by now. Maybe it'll be in the title. <laughs> I'll put or it in something. the introduction. Don't worry. I'll do <laughs> a longer intro. <laughs> so they're like, "Why is this girl talking about um, random zodiac signs?" Okay, um, but something about my personality is I feel like I can be so hyper logical, but then so deeply sensitive, and it is such a me too. strange, chaotic, amazing combination. It, it's, That's by great. the way, it's so funny. It's me too because I am so logical, which I think is part of my life lesson as well. Is how to like get out of the logic a little yes. bit because I can logic anything, Same. and I've been able to do that since I was a you know kid. It drove my parents crazy. I could win almost every argument. They had to definitely pulled up because we're the parents. We said so. Shut up with me because. I could somehow convince them in a very logical, linear way to get whatever it was, like my point across. I love that. Yeah, no, it's great, except for when you are then really trying to work on just being in it. Yes. You, it, you have to dismantle part of it. Yes. Because a lot of it isn't logic. Absolutely. It's, it's such a fascinating dance being a human. It know? is. I mean, it is amazing because it's like you're always trying to strengthen one thing and then the other person's trying to dismantle that because they have too much of it. You know, it's always what's that perfect balance and is there a perfect balance? Absolutely. It's, it's fascinating. Yeah, but it is funny. The logic thing is very helpful in this lifetime in the tangible sense. But as far as like when you were saying the mystical part, going deeper, the logic can really tie you up sometimes. I mean, most human beings, I think most of everything that's going a little haywire on this planet right now is simply from people living so tied up from their logic. And like, I love this space. I love the den. I've been here many times. And I think it is so brilliant that... Many of us are tapping in and using our logic and our ability to act and ground um, in service towards where we must go as a people, you mm-hmm. know, and those movements to me right now are small in, in perhaps 
uh, relation to 7 billion people on this planet, but it's exciting. And especially in LA, I look at LA as being such an incubator. It's why someone as sensitive and, and, and perhaps deep as me could live in such a crazy city. Right. Because this city gives me both. It gives me um, kind of the just, I don't know, like just the fun, weird, amazing stuff of being human with like the depth and soulful energy that I crave. And balancing those two sides are fascinating. And I feel like you having that in your personality as well, it's how you've been able to build this. Right. You have to have both sides. You do. And that's what I teach all my women is like, it's not so much just being in your woo and your mystical and channeling down like the uni. That's cool. But it's like, what are you <laughs> doing about that? You know what I mean? How are you grounding that? But that's huge, which I mean, brings us to, you know, you are an astrologer, tarot reader, life coach, women empowerment life coach. Mm -hmm. You know, you've worked for major businesses as an astrologer. You've, you do so much. Mm -hmm. But I like what you just said because... You know, I think people get lost sometimes in one or the other. A little bit we were talking yes, about at the balance. Exactly. And, you know, they kind of assume if you're anyone who's into astrology mm -hmm. or crystals or anything that you're just, you know, Marianne Williamson's battling this right now. It's like mm -hmm. everyone just assumes she's this total crazy wackadoodle mm -hmm. because she comes from the spiritual world. And they don't realize, no, like you can also have two feet yes. very well planted on the ground. Exactly. And actually be very much in your body mm -hmm. while still actually being open to deeper stuff. Exactly. So talk to me about how you've incorporated all of this into this. I mean, you do so much, which is what's so fun about talking to you. I mean, I feel like we can hit like 20 different areas. <laughs> we totally can. But I mean, the fact that you do kind of do these courses with women, you are self-empowerment, you do work for companies, mm -hmm. but like you also have astrology. Like how does the astrology and all that balance in there? I mean, that's the cool thing. Like I look at astrology as a foundation to everything that I do. And one of my favorite quotes, actually, we were just talking about April 17th birthdays. Mm -hmm. um, JP Morgan was born on April 17th. Uh -huh. And I found a quote from him many years ago that said, millionaires don't use astrology billionaires do. Ah, and I was like, I love it. Okay. <laughs> I like, he was very ahead of his time. And I started studying over the years, um, about how many high powered people throughout history have utilized astrology. And for much of astrology's um, inception, it was only used by high-level people in royalty, governments, etc. It was only, I'd, I wouldn't be able to give you the exact timeline, but it was kind of kept in a kind of like a secret practice. Yeah. I saw something recently, and then I'll go back to what you asked me. I go on like these amazing. I am tangents. a tangent queen, so I will follow you there, and I will pull you back. God no bless worries. you. This is the best interview ever. <laughs> no worries. Um, and then I saw something recently where oh, have you seen those Netflix uh, explained? No. Oh my god, they're so cool. It's like it's like astrology explained, the mind explained, oh, I would love that. cryptocurrency explained. I'm sure some people here have heard it. So the astrology one is so epic. And there's a press conference um, clip 
of, of Ronald Reagan. And they're like, Ronald Reagan, uh, President Reagan, when are you going to let the American people know how much you spend on the court, on the presidential astrologer? And like, I was like, oh my God, so Ronald Reagan and his presidency using astrology. So anyways, I just built my case for astrology. Um, I use astrology as a basis for everything that I do, but not like horoscope astrology, but um, natal chart astrology. Mm -hmm. Talk about the difference for people. So, okay, so horoscopes, like I feel like some people's argument, I feel like I don't have to talk anybody here into that, but just in case, I'm just going to give my spiel. But um, (laughs) horoscopes are a very small piece of the puzzle when it comes to astrology. Uh, Natal chart astrology, to me, is the true essence of what astrology is. So... Do you know what time you're born? 8.32. 8.32 a.m. Yep. Um, April 17th. April 1st. April 1st. Sorry, that's my birthday. I know, it's okay. Um, 1976. April 1st. I love that you can do this without I mean, I, I actually can't. I actually feel like I just set you up for that, but um, <laughs> I was like, I'm really impressed. Chart. I'm like, do you have a total cut? Your, your brain is such a computer. I mean, I, I can think of a couple things, but... Um, and you have a, was it Gemini rising or Taurus? Taurus moon, Taurus Gemini moon, rising. Gemini rising. Okay. So basically what I'm outlining is just the basic nuances of your specific natal chart. So the time, the exact time, the place and the date, um, According to astrology, the moment you're born and you take your first breath, it's as if we like, we take like a snapshot of the heavens and that energy of the moment you're born is imprinted energetically through the expression of your soul through, in your human incarnation. So the same can be done with people and events. So when I've worked with businesses, um, obviously clients. I teach astrology quite a bit now as well. I love to teach just this concept of the energetic imprint that astrology has in making sense of who you are, making sense of your strengths, your weaknesses, and not something to live or die by, but simply to be more self-aware and self-compassionate. And I think that when we bring in that deeper information into everything that we do, it just makes us more impactful, whether it's in a personal scenario, like when I'm working with someone one-to-one or it's in an organization and we want to look at personalities or... So with the organization, it's like when they open their doors, that mm-hmm. is their first breath. Yes. You could look at a couple a couple times what I've done is just, I have them bring their, what's, I'm not sure what it would be called. I'm sure you have it for here where it's like the time and date that you have it like with the city or whatever, or I don't like a business license. I don't know. It's been like your DBA very, or something. Yeah. Just like anything where it's like kind of the birth birth right. moment of the idea or when you made it official. Cause that's the thing with a business, you could go to like five different, depending like, cause it could be the moment I had the yes. idea. It could be the moment I opened the bank account. could yes. be the moment we opened the doors. And according to astrology, know? like astro geeks, like me, you could make a chart for all, all five of those. those things and then interpret. And it's just so fun. But I like what you said. It's not to live or die by it. It's to be yes. more empathetic and yes. understanding. Compassionate, and compassionate, aware. I mean, imagine if even 60% of the world population lived with a greater sense of self 
understanding and awareness and compassion, it would be a much different world. There'd be a lot of, uh, just a much different, many different structures, um, than what we're experiencing now. Cause most people just live with the notion that they're either far too important or they're not important enough. Mm-hmm. And they create their life from that space of the ego versus from the awareness of the soul. And I, the thing I love about astrology is that it champions the mind, the body, and the soul. It gives you like this tripart look at just the totality of who you are, why you decided to come here. Obviously with astrology, and the way that I teach um, and have studied astrology is it's very lean towards um, reincarnation. So if that's something that doesn't resonate, I'm sure there's schools of thought in astrology where that isn't necessary. But the way that I've studied it and the way that I teach it is really with this like understanding that it's a big picture kind of thing. So talk about that reincarnation in regards to like natal charts. So the way that I've learned about natal chart astrology specifically is that, you know, a specific, okay, let me, let me back up all my thinking (laughs) thoughts and words here. I love this. I'm just like, this is great because I love a good challenge and I'm like, how do you, (laughs) well, cause I find that that's, I, I agree. Yes. Um, and I do feel like sometimes this is like where all the mystical fun stuff happens is like, like you could even pull up like if you have like a teacher and influencer of yours mm-hmm. and see like how your charts are compatible. Like even exactly. if they pass, is there a whole reason why you're attracted to yes. that teaching? Like it all does connect. Absolutely. But I'd be curious to hear more from like someone who actually studies it and teaches it like how, like what that really yes. means. So the way that I look at it is the, let's see. The natal chart is like the blueprint of the soul. So you can take a look at your natal chart. And I look at this as like base level entry to self-awareness, purpose, um, anything you want to know about yourself, you can explore in your chart. It's like a very mystical yet grounded take on psychology mm-hmm. and you can look a lot of behaviors. So when I talk about in terms of reincarnation, just let's stick to that concept that it really is reflecting the blueprint of the soul. So there's one specific point in the natal chart. It's called the midheaven. And the midheaven is your most public point in the chart. So like mine is Scorpio and I'm not a Scorpio. I only have Pluto in Scorpio, but many people, if they don't know me well, they're always like, oh, I would have assumed you're a Scorpio. And the way I learned about the midheaven mm-hmm. is that actually this is the sign that through all your inner work, through all your external work, through your vocation, everything you're doing in this present incarnation, this is what you're getting ready to be in your next incarnation. Oh. It's fascinating. And is there one that shows you what you were in your last incarnation? Mm-hmm. I have my own interpretations and I've been reading natal charts for probably about 10 years at this point, learning and reading, even in perfect Aries fashion. I like had studied for maybe like a year and I was like, all right, I'm ready. Like who's ready for me to look at their (laughs) natal chart. Um, But over the years, I've come to look at South Node, wherever the South Node is and Chiron as two excellent 
um, planetary points. Chiron is technically a dwarf planet um, comet, but that's okay. Maybe I didn't want anyone to at me on Instagram. (laughs) So I just thought I'd call that there. But um, those are two great points. You're like, back off. I I know what I'm doing. It's okay. Um, But those are two great planetary points to look at for possible past life energy, as well as your 12th house and your ascendant. Um, any major activity in the 12th house. And then they also say with your ascendant, because it bridges your 12th house and your first house, it is the 12th house is like past life energy and soul energy. The first house is the ego and sense of self. So the ascendant is that bridge. So you remind me you're rising one more time. I know I, you just said no, it. No, it's okay. Gemini. Gemini. And then Taurus Moon. Okay. So with that Gemini ascendant, some astrologers may interpret it like, oh, your soul is very acclimated with that Gemini energy and you are projecting that in your outward personality through your ascendant, which is that first house cusp. Hmm. It's fascinating. It's all very fascinating. It's fun. This episode is sponsored by Den Certifications. You want to deepen your practice or supplement your knowledge for your day-to-day job? Well, you're going to be surprised to know just how many certifications we offer, both in person and online. All levels of Reiki, intuitive healing, compassion, animal communications, breath work, and of course, our deep 400-hour meditation training. Go to denmeditation.com for more information. Hey guys, sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know about our next Den Talks, which isn't until January. Can you believe it? But it's going to be great. We have Gal Sasan, who you know we've had on this podcast twice. He's amazing. And the reason I want to tell you about this early is because it will sell out. He never does anything here that doesn't sell out. He's incredible. Wherever he teaches, he sells out. So we're going to do it January 25th, which is a Saturday night, 7 p.m., Practical Astrology with Gal. Come. I think the most beneficial and amazing part will be the Q&A. So we'll leave some time to do a longer one because I know you guys all have questions for him. We will talk a little bit about the history of astrology, but more about what are practical uses and how can you use it, especially in 2020. What are things we need to look out for and what are trends? And you know him. Everything with him is layered and incredible. So I'm sure he'll bring in religious reasons and reasons about names and what's going on in the forecast. I mean, he always has a million things that makes your head explode and holy shit, it reminds you how intricate this entire world is woven together. And that's what I love about him. So prepare to have your mind blown. Come, ask come with questions and just it's going to be an awesome night so hope to see you there go to den talks podcast go to the nav bar go to the lives and book your space now Hey guys, have you checked out Den Anywhere yet? If you haven't, you must because it's a way for you to get all these meditations on the go. We have workshops, we have retreats, but what I want to talk about today, if you haven't checked it out, this is a perfect reason. Starting December 1st, we are launching a 21-day challenge with our own Kelsey Patel, who we love so much. So for 21 days, starting December 1st, you will have an email sent into your inbox that will have a beautiful guided meditation, about 20 minutes with the Dharma talk and also some distance Reiki and some EFT because she's amazing like that. This will be such a great way to help get you through the holidays. It's December 1st to the 21st, so it'll end right before those holidays and you're in the thick of it, and I promise you will be better off for it. So go to denanywhere.com, go to the challenges, sign up now. It's only $21.99, so you're talking basically a dollar a day for your sanity and for some growth. I think that's worth it. So go there and let's do it together. See you December 1st. How 
do you, like, what do you feel like when you, who read your chart for the first time? Oh my God. It's funny. As I've been talking, I feel like I've been feeling this person. So his name is Christopher Witecki. I'm writing my first book. I'm finally almost done. And Congratulations. I, thank you. And I, I talk about him quite a lot in there because a lot of people ask me, they're like, how did you start with this? And who like impacted you so much? And when I was about 22 years old, I was a raging partier, lost <laughs> cook. Can I say like... Uh, you can curse, say great, anything, great. drugs, I was, anything. I was a uh, coke addict. I was such a lost little party animal. I'd never done drugs in my life, so oh, really? I moved here. And then you went crazy. Well, it's an easy place to do that for the it first was, time. <laughs> yeah, like it was just crazy. And But... I look at all ways of darkness lead us to our light. And Agreed. for me, that was my darkest, one of my darkest points in my young life. And, um, but from that, I knew I didn't want to stay there. I knew that there was more for me. I talk about this a lot in the, in the book and, um, Christopher, like, I think I've talked about this before in uh, different interviews, but I had just gotten broken up with from a guy. He was a Gemini guy, just moved to Los Angeles, and I was so bummed out, and I'm at lunch with my dear girlfriend, Leah. She's a Taurus, and she's like, hey, I know you're really upset, but have you ever heard of astrology? And I'll never forget that moment because she was the one who introduced me to Christopher Witecki. He had this website called Soul Garden that was not chic spiritual like all of this. It was very kind of like kitschy spiritual. That's kind of, that was always the stuff I saw when I was getting into all this. And I was obsessed. I learned about essential oils, meditation, astrology, everything on this website. And you knew nothing before. I knew nothing. So why did you move? You were from Phoenix. We talked about it a little bit earlier. Yes. Why did you move here? Well, when I was about 19, so I actually moved from Arizona to San Diego. I was in school. I was first studying business administration, what the fuck. And then, <laughs> and then I was a political science major. And then I did some traveling over to Israel and I had such an intensely profound shift while I was there. I was like, wow, there is so much more than what I've been told about life and the world. I came home and it's such a long story, but I had a bit of a spiritual awakening at 19 where what I'd sort of been primed to be by my family, by my upbringing, um, was not where I knew I was meant to go in my lifetime. And what were you being primed to be? Just a workaholic. Just, I mean, I maintain with all my Aries energy and my intensity, had I not maybe had my soul kind of crack me open in those early years from like 19 to 23, I don't know if I would have made it very far into my 20s because I had such an extreme personality. Like I I got sick a number of times um, from 19 to 23. And then obviously having a drug addiction is a very deep sickness as well. And I think if my soul hadn't attempted to crack through my ego in all of, in that very pivotal time of my life, and I would have just kept going at the rate I was going with just being obsessed with success and money and survival and working, I probably would have been a very high level, miserable drug addict. Like that's really the way I was going. And then my soul was like, it was almost like a semi truck. It was. So what happened? What was the semi truck? Well, 
there were so many. I feel like I, it took quite a few moments for me to really break open and surrender to the path in front of me versus the path I thought I was going to go down. So what are some things that like pushed you off? Like you talked about Israel for one. There was a mm -hmm. moment in Israel. Was there? So I came home from Israel. I was about 19 years old. And this really explains why I ended up moving to Los Angeles. But um, I remember laying in, in my college dorm room, bed or apartment, whatever. And I was saying my prayers. And I, I didn't know who I was praying to. I was just saying like, prayers that I had said since I was a kid, just kind of huh. like, hey, God, it's, it's me, me Natalia. <laughs> <laughs> hey, like, you know, and I had this moment where I was like, oh, wait, wait, I don't believe in God. Like, what am I, who the fuck am I even talking to? Like, no one. And I'm just running through the motions of nothing. And that's what I was doing in my life as well. I was running through the motions of nothing. And I just had this moment, and when I said, I don't believe in God, it was almost like, I'll never forget that moment. I mean, I'm 32. That was 14, 15 years ago at this point. And I was just like, hmm. I'm like, this is going to be really weird. Like, I'm going to move through the rest of my life not believing in something. I was like, that. it gives me chills just talking about it. Because I hmm. was, it was very, it was a very strange moment. And as the universe would have it, it made itself known to me about three weeks later. Like, wait a second. And so what did it do? Well, but I it is interesting. I do feel like sometimes you have to undress in order to get redressed. Yes. And that was really for me. Like, and I, cause I feel like many people could see me now in my work and my expression and I'm very me, right? I'm very, like, yeah. anyone who says they're a modern mystic, like, they're just really owning something there. They're right. just like, yep, this is what I am. And I've always, I've always been like this since this sort of break in my personality where instead of, like, being something to everybody else, I finally decided it was time to be something to me. So three weeks later, what did the universe do to make itself known? I started dating someone and he, um, I talk about this very deeply in the first chapter of my book because I feel like this is such a, a great thing to just remember how sometimes when you feel like you've exhausted every avenue and you don't know which way to go, that there is something bigger. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that that was possible at that time. And now I feel like I do have a, a much deeper relationship with this energy within me and the universe, however you like to refer to it, God, whatever. Um, but yeah, I started dating someone and he gave me all these spiritual books and I will spare all the details because I feel like my life, again, being such a deeply self-aware, sensitive human, I can like move through every ounce. I remember everything, you know, mm. and this specific situation, I'm sort of putting it very uh, plainly, but this person kind of blasted into my life. I was so young. I had horrific abandonment issues. So it was almost like God universe had to get my attention from something that would get my attention. And it happened to be men. And it was like this for a very long time. But I the feel guys like that came into your life were actually directing. I you. got major teachings through relationships and through my abandonment issues and all my emotional anxieties that because through that darkness, 
that was, I had to figure out how to heal that so I didn't like want to die and like not be here anymore. So I had to figure out ways to deal with that darkness. And in dealing with that darkness, I taught myself astrology, tarot. I started businesses. I did kundalini yoga religiously. It's like, so it was almost like through these deeper wounds and issues that I had, those things were guiding me to my ultimate purpose. Um, so anyhow, with with the guy, he's so sweet. We're still friends. Like, I wonder if he even knows that he impacted me well, It's hard not to be month. friends with, like, he might not know, but it's hard for you not to look at him in that it's way. Such of course, because he's pivotal for you. Such gratitude. And, and I just remember keeping it a long story longer. I just remember <laughs> him giving me this book called Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh. Have you ever heard of it? Yeah. So I I had the book on a, love it, that's so my move. (laughs) This is the perfect interview for me, really. Like, I'm just saying. Keep going. I'm like, I'm almost (laughs) cried like six times. I was like, I'm attempting to, I was like, this is perfect. (laughs) Well, see, this is what I did to distract you, so you wouldn't. I love it. So basically um by the way I spilled all over myself yeah, for those of you who aren't watching or don't know I just beautiful. spilled my drink all she over looks me great. <laughs> that's why we're black today smart I was like, this way smarter thing. yeah so um, you had conversations with God and I just remember you know as as noted a couple weeks prior I had said I don't believe in God a couple weeks later I meet this guy we're dating a bit whatever and he gives me this book and I'm reading the back cover of the book and just long story very short, the back cover, which is beautiful. And I, and I cite the whole thing in, in the first chapter of my book. Um, it was basically just like, hey, like I'm the universe, I'm God. Um, I'm with you at every moment. I've never left you and I will never not be with you again. Something like that. And I just remember those words piercing through and I was like, oh, holy shit. Like, okay, like, I don't have to live alone. There is more, you know what I mean? I mean, I just got the chills because it is one of my favorite things of how Mm -hmm. I look at my relationship with however people want to call it spirituality, God, universe, Mm -hmm. and that is one of my favorite parts of it. Mm -hmm. And I I teach Kundalini, actually, and when I teach, I feel like that comes into my class a lot where I say, like, if you can feel it, it's always there. Because people ask me that, like, in interviews, I've been asked that a lot of, like, like, why do you meditate, blah, blah, blah. And, and I, you know, there's a million reasons and benefits. Mm-hmm. And one mm-hmm. of the things besides, you know, really getting to know yourself, I try and tell people because they're like, how did you make decisions to start businesses? I'm like, well, I've never mm-hmm. felt alone. Yes. Like, never. I've always had, whether I've understood the why or what mm-hmm. it was, I've always had this sense mm-hmm. that there was support out there. And I'm not talking yes. parental, though I was very lucky there too. But I just yes. mean, like... I always knew I could just sit down and talk to whoever I wanted yes. to talk to. God, that's amazing. Right. And it's a beautiful. So when you were saying it to me, it gave me the chills too, because it is to me, if people will shift and open and accept mm-hmm. it, it is by far the best benefit you will get, period. I mean, yeah. so many other things come, but just to know you're not alone, no matter yeah. what you're going through. So no matter how shitty it is, you know that that friend is going to be there to help you get out of the exactly. hole. You still have to get out of it, but like yes. there's support. And that's, yes. it's such an amazing, to me, an amazing part that people don't always talk about. It's yeah. like, and to me, it's so simple. It's like, but that's, it's everywhere. It it's you. It's part so of. so simple. That's yeah. the thing. I, the way I was living, which I love what you just said, 
I was living like I was completely alone and it was all on me. And most people live that way. And it's, it's scary. so damaging. It, it's what makes us sick. It's what makes us anxious. It's what makes us depressed is this sense that it's all on us and we're all alone in this big, scary universe. And as I started healing over the years, doing my inner work, et cetera, et cetera, that truth just kept permeating that this is a friendly universe, that God universe has your back, that there's a, I love that, that Gabby Bernstein book. It's a great title. Great title. <laughs> I say it all I know, because I say it too, and I'm always like, oh, and then I feel like, and I'm just like, she was smart. She was very smart to use that. She's, she's great. I love her book that she just put out too, Super Attractor. I haven't read it yet. Another great just reminder of like, that whole idea of like, let go, let God, there's so much help here. And that, you know, I remember actually speaking of this moment of like coming back from Israel and having the moment in my bedroom where I was like, you know, my, I don't believe in God moment. I remember being in Israel before I came back for that fabulous experience. And I just remember feeling more alone than I'd ever felt in my entire life in Israel, in Israel. And I remember just, I think I was reaching a breaking point of some kind at that time. And I was 19. So anyways, you asked me why I moved to LA. Well, a couple <laughs> months later, I started a jewelry line. So I had a bit of a spiritual gorgeous awakening. jewelry on. I noticed oh, that. Thank you. None of this is, is mine, but you have good thank taste, you. Clearly. Thank you. I love, I love, uh, love jewelry. And and that was, yeah, 19, obsessed, still obsessed with surviving. That was really hammered into me from my upbringing. My parents are fucking amazing. I do my best not to make them sound bananas, but, you know, they're, we all did it. We were all doing our best. And when I... Are they still married? Yeah, they've been married a long time. Where did you get your abandonment issues from? May I ask? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I don't, not from my family. I had a past life regression when I was 24. And at this time I was in a relation, in a, a good relationship, um, had my business going. I started the business jewelry. at 19. Yeah, I had that for nine years. Wow. Yeah, I had That's it a amazing. long time. I lived off of it all through my 20s. Can't say it was always like, the most fruitful, but you were living I, off your business. Period. But I lived off my Congratulations. business. Thank you. I lived around the corner from here. Um, talk about being supported. I had like a rent control apartment for like seven and a half years. Some years I, I split it with people. I paid like $400 in rent. Amazing. I just got, I was guided. Like I knew that if I just stuck to my guns and just trusted and kept going, despite how hard it felt, I was going to be okay. Um, but I forgot what Past else I life. was going to say. 24. Oh, yeah. So the abandonment stuff, um, I was about six to nine months into that relationship around the age of 24, and I just could not open my heart to this person. I was so scared. I had always been really afraid of getting hurt, getting abandoned, and I started learning about past life regression from that um, Soul Garden, Christopher Wateki website. And I just remember, like, going into this woman's office, I booked a session, had no idea what to expect, but I was so obsessed with past life stuff because of the, the doctor, the journey of souls and the other Dr. Brian Weiss book. Many lies, many masters. And she took me through this session and I had this powerful, clear memory of being abandoned. And I was like in love with this man, blah, 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 blah. Just a very textbook story, but it was visceral. And cause I always wondered, I was like, my family was around, 
like how, where could this be planted that I'm so, I have such insane emotional anxiety of getting rejected and getting abandoned. I'm like, where does that come from? And so not to say when I discovered that memory in the past life regression, I, I got to tell you what it is just because it's cool, but. Yeah. When was it from? So. Was it like your last life? Was it no, more recent? I don't, I don't think so. But, you know, I discovered that, um, the first Dr. Brian Weiss book, Many Lives, Many, Many Masters, Masters, in London. And I remember grabbing that book off the shelf of a friend's house. I read about the first 15 pages in two seconds. I don't even remember how I, I was just flying through it. It was like I was, it was like my soul was ravenously thirsty. And I, same thing when I first right? read that book. I feel like that's how it is for most people around that kind of and stuff. And I was that age. I was like really? in my early twenties and it was just like, these are the answers I've been waiting yes. for. And this and, makes sense. And I went to King's Road, which is, I believe where the I, Royals. That's funny. Tell me. Well, I lived on, well, I was, really. I lived on King's Road here when I was <sighs> reading it. Really? Yeah. That's fucking weird. So I was on King's Road in, <laughs> in London. London. And supposedly that's where the royals lived or something along yeah. those lines. And I remember sitting there, drinking a glass of wine, reading that book, crying so hard. I was like muddling the pages. I was like, how am I going to give this back to my friend? But I, I was so moved. And something about it really hit a deep chord in my heart. And so when I had the regression... That she, you know, they tell you, they like, look down at your shoes. What are you wearing? And I was like, well, I look very fashionable. I've got this big skirt on, pointy shoe kind of thing. And I can feel that I'm in this bedroom. I'm up a little bit high. There's like a big balcony to my right. And she said, okay, so what's going on? And I said, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm crying. And she said, well, why are you crying? And I said, well, the man that I loved just left and I know he is never coming back. And imagine this is oh. back in the day where there's no SMS. Like you right, don't no, text, you walk out the door, you, you walk out the door. You're gone, right? <laughs> and so I walked in and I can still feel it in my body and I was just shattered. And I remember she told me, okay, so tell me, go to the next thing. This is like how they do in the regression. Go to the next um, memory or moment or whatever and so I'm looking in the mirror and I can just see like the scream because you know it's all kind of subconscious so mm -hmm. it's not like you're seeing very literally and so I'm like I'm just like yeah I'm, I'm just shattered and she said okay let's go to the next memory and I said well my mom in this life is my mom then and she's just passed away it was just so fucking crazy but what I decided in that lifetime which was very relevant for me at this point in my life in my early 20s is that I decided to be alone. I, after that person left, I never wanted to open my heart. And that was a big issue for me in this lifetime. I just had a really tough time opening to people and a really tough time because I was so afraid of something and I didn't know what. So when I had that memory, it was just really touching in on, oh, there's like this core wounding there. It, it's not to say that I got the regression and it was better. But at least you understood it. Yeah. I didn't heal it till I did EFT tapping a year ago. Wow. Yeah. And People, now I'm in an incredible relationship. So when did, really when did it start? My relationship now? Yeah. Beginning of this year. So last fall, I did EFT tapping with a really powerful woman named Gala Darling. She does EFT. And I had a couple sessions with her and 
it was gone. A couple sessions out of my nervous system. And I was a completely different person. And then you met your yeah, now boyfriend. I met, I met my man a couple of years later. And I'm skipping over so many details. But throughout my 20s, I was doing so much inner work, therapy, kundalini. I mean, uh, my years of doing kundalini were my years of being the most stable, emotionally stable. Um, yeah, I've had a fucking intense fucking life. I don't know why, <laughs> what, does, what I decided. But it's interesting. So it's like, you were, were you an intense child? No, I was so happy-go-lucky. I was such a little sweet angel. I was always very sensitive. But I shouldn't say sweet angel. My mom said I was a sweet <laughs> angel. I think from what I heard, I was very kind. Um, but as I got into that 19, 19, 18, 19, that's just when all my darkness came up. And I remember hearing a lecture once like about women coming of age in terms of like an esoteric sense that 1819 is when our shadow comes up and that is really what helps us like move into the mature expression of of who we are as women but i feel like so then you came out here and you were like partying and getting drugs but you shifted out what, so what yes. was the moment that made you say, okay, I need to shift out of this? Well, and just to contextualize that, you know, when I was partying like that, it was to avoid this emotional anxiety. It was to avoid the right. intimacy of relationships. Like I felt like when I was partying, I was, I didn't have to go deep into that issue that I was having. Right. Right. But, um, as life works out and I started doing more of my spiritual work throughout my twenties, it just... It, it sort of just healed itself. But wait, what was your question? What made you, so I know that you had kind of these moments, like in Israel, you started reading books, 1920s, mm -hmm. you moved out mm -hmm. here after a breakup. Mm -hmm. What made, it was it just this natural progression at that point because you were doing so much work on yourself? Was that what kind of happened? Or was there any other big moment that shifts us? Like, it's like drugs, especially mm -hmm. if you said you oh. were totally addicted. Like what made I you love finally? It. You are literally, I love this because <laughs> everything you're asking me is literally everything I've written in my book, like in detail, okay, this is which is great. I'm happy to talk about it. We haven't even like, I think maybe like a hundred people even know I have a book coming out, but so this is a good time to talk about Perfect. it. Perfect. Now everybody knows. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I talk about like the key moments of shift, making these shifts and, God, I feel like I'm just bearing my soul here, but this good. is good. I yes, that's you, what we do. I agree. I'm happy to hear it. I just, <laughs> I just come in and I'm like, let's party. Are you ready? <laughs> let's meditate, whatever. Um, so yeah, I, the drug thing, I had one really intense night where I like did way too much, um, way too much cocaine. And I somehow was at my friend's like, horse stable he he had horses and I remember walking around you know you're I don't know if you ever partied but there that's be those nights you're just like what am I doing here like it was just like a very odd experience but it was perfect because I remember walking around this like horse stable I was searching for water I want there was I don't think uber was around then so I don't remember how I was gonna get home maybe like a cab and I was just so beside myself I was I was angry at myself for everything it's like sometimes with partying and maybe if anyone 
is going through this or knows someone going through this, when you're parting or you have an addiction, it's like it's to avoid yourself. But really, it slams you head first into everything that's truly, truly wrong. And so this night was that night for me. I was just head first into my anger, my fears, my resentments. And I happened to walk into this stable and there is literally the most massive black mare I've ever seen, the most majestic. And if you're around horses, I mean, I rode horses as a child, like in Arizona, like they're so majestic and powerful. And I remember standing there and this horse looked at me and I was high as fuck. So like, who knows if this, what, if what happened, but I remember it looking at me and I was standing in its presence and I felt ashamed. And I said, I... I'm going to change my life right now. I said, I will never do this again. I said, I'm done. I literally, in that moment, I was like, I am done with this forever. And I found water and I somehow got home and I woke up the next morning after sleeping for two hours. And I was like, okay. I said, I said out loud, I said, I forgive you for everything. What do you want to do to change your life? Because I don't think this is the direction you ever intended on going in. And then that day someone messaged me about doing a yoga teacher training and I had never, I'd been in liked yoga, but I'd never really done it. And then I started doing yoga and started, that was it. I changed everything. Yes. I changed everything. That's one thing I love about my personality. And maybe this is an Aries thing. Cold turkey is like you can my middle fucking name. Like if I if something <laughs> is not serving me, I can cut it. And and now in my life as I've matured and healed, it doesn't nothing gets so extreme anymore, thank God. But my early 20s and this time of growth and evolution were extremes aplenty. But I think that's what the 20s are for so many they people. Are. Like I say they that all are. the time on here. Even I who I felt like very lucky, I had a great job I was doing well like compared to most of my friends I was pretty balanced but even I remember being in the car thinking I was bipolar because like (laughs) I did I remember like calling my brother who was like getting a PhD in psychology to be like I think I'm bipolar he's like why and I would tell him he's like oh like he would literally be like, "Oh," and I was, and really, all it was was I was just don't tell like, a brother that, right? I My brother's just, like, "Yes, you. There is something wrong with you for sure." He was like, "You're not bipolar," and then he would tell me things. I'm like, "Yeah, I feel that," and then he would say something. I'm like, I feel that. He's like, "Oh, well, maybe you are." And here's the thing: I obviously I was not, yes. but what I was was feeling extreme emotions, yes, to the point that it's like surprises you. Yep. And I remember like I'd just be driving, and then there's just the sheer cry that would come out, or the sadness, or the frustration, and feeling like. Nobody really knew me or blah, blah, blah. But then the ability to walk in a room and be the happiest person yes. there was like fucking me up. Yes. And again, I thought I had a very mild case of the 20s. Yes. So I always feel for people because I can only like amp that up for people. It's, it's just a tough time. I feel like what you said when you were talking about 18 or 19, to me, like that's what the 20s are. It's like you're literally coming into this body and you're trying to figure out what you're giving up and what you're becoming. Mm-hmm. And it's like you're having physical reactions to it it's, as you're like yes. growing to make room for it. Yes. And look, and some people push through. Mm-hmm. And I think where some people get stuck because it's yes. so uncomfortable, they don't keep pushing through. And then you're kind of stuck in that tumultuous yes. feeling. And that those are the people in their 30s and 40s exactly. who are kind of... That just drag that with them. And, you know, I feel like you're slightly psychic too. And I, I don't ever talk about things that are in process for me. But 
Um, I'm feeling very vulnerable with you all today. I feel like you know every ounce of my my soul. So I'm going to tell it. you this as well. But my next book, I'm almost done with the first, but the one I'll be putting out end of next year is all for women in the 20s. Because as you can tell, I had such a crazy time, but it set the foundation so that by the time I was 31, I called in everything that I'd wanted, the successful business, the love, like everything that I was pining for and, and missing or not, not missing, but feeling like I was missing in my twenties, that period of time, looking back at it, I wish I could like be like, sis, like, I wish you had just fucking relaxed. Like you took it all so seriously. I would never go back to the time, that time in my life because I took it so seriously that it was painful, like beyond painful. And I know most do that. Mm -hmm. So I'm very passionate about that subject matter. And, and this is just something I learned about myself very recently in my work that women in their twenties are very drawn to what I share because they write to me and they're just like, thank you. You, you really contextualize this for me and I can breathe easier. Cause of the, and it's just, I'm like, I just wish, sometimes I wish I had a me, like the older me <laughs> for me when I was going through all of this. Cause I didn't have healthy guides. I didn't have people around me that wanted the best for me or wanted to kind of help me make sense of where I was. How, when you look at your, friendships now from then how have they evolved and changed and was that painful you have the best questions oh thank you God, I love this <laughs> um the answer is absolutely I I mean being here for so long I don't know like friendships for me are like a fascinating subject because I'm so independent and I have incredible women around me now, but they really love and let me be who I am, which is very on my own tip. I work a lot and I like to be alone a lot and I feel a little awkward in with people actually. As people connective as I am, I think it's funny as I get older, I'm just like, do I really know how to connect to people? It's very complexly strange. Were you an outgoing kid? Um, yes, very. I'd like stand up in front of the class and like give like an oration from like my heart. And my mom was, my mom said my teachers would be like, we've never seen anyone do that. (laughs) So I think I was very outgoing. And then, yeah, that period where I got really dark, like it just, I think that was me stepping into having a relationship to my soul and to my sensitivity. Um, I don't know that I had that before, but about my friendships, Um, yes, I don't think I have many friends from my twenties. I don't think that the people in my life then they were excellent teachers. They weren't deep friends, right? They were, they, and when I say teachers, I mean, teachers from the soul sense where even if it was a dark or challenging experience, um, they were perfect for me at that time because I actually just did an exercise the other day where I wrote down anyone that I had any feelings of resentment towards Mm. and I wrote down what I learned from them and I thanked them. How many, how long was your list? Uh, there was about nine people on it specifically. 
I'm sure there's many more. We all have people from our, our past that have hurt us and it can be hard to see the big picture, but that's a pro- that's actually a very active process for me right now because I'm also still forgiving myself for a lot of the things I put myself through, which is, I'm just a very like self-aware person. So, and I feel like in this lifetime, I'm like, okay, how much can I grow? How much can I grow? How much can I pay attention? And that's what I do. And I feel like a lot of my friendships from my past, they were deep teachers for me. They were not, um, they weren't very, they weren't very healthy. So it's, it's, it's really awesome though, how you are very self-aware because, you know, misconception for people that, you know, become teachers or guides yes. in the space is they think they have it to be perfect, perfect, or it's all yes. figured out. And we all know, that. I mean, that's, no, it's, it's ever changing. It's, it's silly to think you sound very, like, I believe some people are just very solid, like that I've become solid, but I had to create myself that way. And I, respect when I meet someone where maybe they haven't had to go through as much tumultuous energy as I have to get to that space. So I respect that a lot. Thanks. It's beautiful to see because I feel like, you know, it's interesting to even like speak about everything. I've And only recently did I become comfortable talking about this, but really it was just because I don't want anyone to feel alone. And I if, I, if by me being vulnerable um, and sharing my heart and sharing my past can help another person breathe easier and maybe help them not go through as much challenge and pain as I did, uh, then it's so worth it to me. You know? Well, it's amazing because, again, you're giving people, you're still doing, like you said, I just did this thing, which I love, by the way, mm-hmm. like people I resented, like you're still doing your practices mm-hmm. and you're still, I mean, and, I'm, you ha- and people don't realize that, like you have to do your practice every day. Yes. It's just this not- world has got a lot of energy. Absolutely. <laughs> and it's like, it's hard to navigate. Even in your best version of yourself, it's still hard to navigate. So. And I, t- I talk to my, my audience, my students, my clients, like, and, and maybe, again, I bring this back to astrology. Maybe this is also just the nuance of being such an intense Aries is like, I just, <laughs> if I think it, it's out of my mouth. Like, and, but I like that because I feel like it keeps me very accountable and I do not mind sharing what I'm moving through. I do not mind sharing things I've gone through just because Again, I think it's easy to connect when everything's hunky-dory, but it's like, what about, like, I felt so alone in those spaces that I used to be in, and thank God, you know, I had family that loved me, and I did somewhere within my heart know there was, like, something bigger, and I was passionate. Like, my 20s, the early part was tough, the, the last couple of years were pretty intense, but all in all, I had drive. I had passion. I stuck to having businesses. Um, I stuck to my guns, even though I was relentlessly working on myself and it might sound extreme and I'm pretty intense. So I feel <laughs> like I'm only for 
you know, but I'm, you stuck I'm to your guns knowing that you wanted to do something bigger, but you were working yes. your ass off financially to support yourself to get yes. to this bigger goal, yes. correct? I was working my ass off on every level. I don't know. I just, there were just a lot of things I think I came in with that were a little haywire energetically that I just was like, okay, if I want to live like the life that I really know I want to live. I got to create it. Like no one's going to plop it on my lap for me. But it's so true. And I feel like, especially this kind of newer generation, that's a big thing. I think people do feel like it's going to be handed to them. (laughs) Yes. And it's like, and nobody really wants to put in the work. And I agree. It's, you know, the no pain, no gain is a little bit, (laughs) it's antiquated, but it's true. It feels like an old statement, but it's like, even though, yes, we have the ability now with like technology and computers and social media to do things mm-hmm. a lot faster and to yes. become more instant successes, it yes. doesn't mean that you have, you have to put the work. It's sustainable. It's, it, I always say success is energetic. It's the ability to hold a lot of energy. Agreed. And um, yeah, I, I love what you say. And I to avoid going on any kind of um, rant. I've, I've experienced that many times, uh, being here in LA, hiring here in LA, and just experiencing people. I actually did a podcast about it recently called It's Not Woo Woo, It's Work Ethic. And I can only say this now, because in my 20s, I wanted things to come fast. Of I course. wanted to get the, I, I didn't want to do all the work, but looking back, I'm so grateful. Everything I've shared, I'm grateful for all of it. I love all of it. I accept all of it because it helped me become a powerful, badass woman. I agree. You know, that's awesome. All of it makes sense. Well, also because it's like, if you don't know how to do the building blocks of anything, Mm -hmm. whether it be your life, your personality, what you're going through or a business, Mm -hmm. you're fucked because if anything shifts or if like the foundation gets rocky at all, how are you going to help shore it up again? If you don't even know what the foundation is. So it's like, it's a, I remember like when we opened here, it's like, I was working the front desk. I was doing everything. I was cleaning. I was cleaning the cups. I was sitting up the room. I mean, doing it all, which sucks for a lot of people when they start to get hired because like there were zero excuses. Cause I'm like, you guys, I've done all of these things. I know how it works, but it's also great. Even though I've now been able to like move away from some of that stuff to do other things, like be able to have this conversation. Yeah. I'm still very aware of how it works. And when needed, as Nicole knows, we'll get in here and set up the chairs and Mm -hmm. clean it up and do whatever we have to do or clean the stuff in the back. Like we do what we need to do. I I respect that and I fuck with that so majorly because nothing is beneath you. Nothing. Because nothing's above you either. I've experienced, yes, I love that. And because I have experienced that a couple of times where it's like, it's like beneath to do it, but, but I'm like, that is what it takes. Like it takes, and you, that's why I had a beautiful conversation with my younger brother last night and we were talking about work cause he's getting out of school and all this stuff. And I was like, look, I was like, you gotta love what you do. Like you gotta be able to like just fucking sweat it out and bleed it out, whatever you gotta do for that thing, because you're going to it takes so much like work is called work for a reason. Like it's no matter what you do. And like, I love what I do. Like I'm truly, truly living what I always dreamed about right now. And that's incredible. And it is so much work. I do. I work like when people say work smarter, not harder. I'm just like, 
I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. I'm just like, I think there is a way to work smarter. And I'm sure many know things that I have no idea about. I'm always learning. But it's like, what's also wrong with working hard for what you love? You right. know, like just fucking figure it out. Like, I feel like as it. long as it's not, which is probably an interesting question for you, is now that you work in this kind of like spiritual space and you know how to take care of yourself better. I guess it's that balance of like, how yes. do you work your ass off and keep yes. these businesses going, but yet maintaining what you're probably preaching yes. to others. Self-care. And it's tricky. And I, and I, and I would say I preach both. I preach the self-care and like honoring yourself, mind, body, soul. But then I'm also like, if you want something, fucking do something about it. Agreed. And Me you're going to have to maybe lay yourself down on the line sometimes. And I, and I tell my students this, honestly, I'm like, I'm probably not the best person to ask just because I'm still exploring that balance. Right. I'm only recently because things have gotten so busy and powerful that I'm finally at this place where it's like, okay, Natalia, you take a full day off. Like you take Sundays off and don't like, even look, you don't right. even look like do nothing. Cause it, it is a form of discipline, but I don't know. I, I love it so much. Like it's that's great. Just, so it's not work for you. Exactly. Which is part of it. But it's not taxing you, gotta, you. Yeah. You got to step off. Cause my, my boyfriend, I'll just be like, Hello. Babe, he's like <laughs> you've, we've, you've worked like 16 days in a row. And that's something that I'm still, um, working but it on. It is such a thing. I mean, you have to, even when it's about, you know, you want the partner, you got to work for it. It's not yes. like you can't just wish the man to walk in or a woman or whatever the partner is into your life. You not it when you got it. It's the person you become right. in calling in your desires, you know? But there's work on all aspects. Again, yes. it's the same thing I say in my class. I'm like, you know, these personalities don't change because you're talking about it to death. <laughs> like you can't just sit over wine and like coffee yes. and just talk about it and think one day it's, you're going to yes. evolve. It's like no. you got to put in the work to evolve and to grow and no one's doing it for you. There's a ton of support yes. out there like we were talking about. Yes universe wants you to evolve and grow yes. and it will push you and help you but you have to put one foot in front of the other and think about kundalini like i love kundalini i love the practice of kundalini but it's like those kriyas are fucking intense like you're like holding your arms <laughs> in some ungodly position for 31 minutes yeah. and it's like but then the experience afterwards is just it's pure amazing. bliss and surrender and i look at that practice as the greatest like microcosm of life it is you know it's that's beautiful and it yes. is true it's like you put it in there you test yourself you push yourself mm -hmm. past limits that you actually didn't realize you can go beyond yeah and there's amazing stuff waiting on the other side there really is it's it's incredible incredible and that's what I share is like, just keep going, just keep going. That's, that's what I did. Like, and not to say my story is the worst of them or the best of them. It's mine. And looking back at it, I'm just so glad I didn't stop. But that's exactly right. You can only keep going for yes. ones that are worse than you and ones that are better. Like you can only keep going. Yes. That's well, let, let's do your four you's. So four <laughs> quick questions. Okay. Um, I'll answer them quickly too. <laughs> well, well, however you want to answer them. <laughs> naps or no naps? No naps. You're not a napper. God, I wish I could nap. Aries, I think, have a hard time napping. Yeah. My boyfriend is the champion of naps. Mine too. Oh. I've, I now have a child, so I've become better at them. Like yes. I've learned to nap when she naps sometimes, and I'm tired in a way I never used to be. Oh, I can only imagine. But I mean, I'm in my 40s. Like if there wasn't a four in front of it, there was no nap. <laughs> Seriously. Um, do you journal? That. I do. Um, I journaled 
my entire life. Like literally my mom probably still has my journals from when I'm young. Did you have to have the ones that had like the lock in front? Oh yeah. I was like, don't look at my shit. Like somebody <laughs> answered it or would open it. I'd be like, you will be cursed like by morning. Like something. Yeah. I'd be <laughs> cursed by morning. Who knows? Um, no, no, no. But I've always journaled recently, not as much. Um, or I mean in recent years, not as much, but recently I started journaling a lot more. I've, I've been reading books um, from Jim Rohn. Have you ever mm-hmm. heard of him? Mm-mm. He was like Tony Rob, one of Tony Robbins' like main teachers. And I've been reading a book, uh, I think it's called Five Success Habits or something like that. And he talks a lot about journaling, having a journaling practice. I need to journal more. I do. It's so fun. I know. My hand just gets so tired. What I started doing recently, again, recently, very recently, I started doing, because I feel like I get hints of things. Like everyone started talking about gratitude journals in my life all of a sudden. And I was like, okay. So I ordered a journal and now I I journal five things I'm grateful for. Three to five intentions for the day. And then three to five things I'm grateful for that have already happened, but it's like manifesting. So if I have a vision or something I'd like to call in, um, I'll be like, oh, I'm so grateful that like I just sold out my coaching certification and I was journaling for a couple months. Like I'm so grateful that I sold out the Natalia Benson. You're doing future. Yeah. But then I actually did sell it out. So yeah, it works. It works. Be grateful for things before they come. I love that. That's an amazing tip. It's fun. What's your guilty pleasure? Oh, heavens. I've got a few. So I love Toy Kai Organica. <laughs> I love Postmates. I, love I Postmates. eat very healthy. Erwan is another guilty pleasure. I'm, I order from there to downtown. Are you vegan, vegetarian? No. You eat everything? Yes, I eat everything. I that's, that, eat, no, that's refreshing to hear on here. I eat very clean. Yeah, that veganism, vegetarian does not work for my body. I did it for a number of years and throughout my yogic practices and studies. Um, and I was just overweight and eating so much sugar. It was crazy. And so I got my blood work done. My periods were all over the place and I got my blood work done and they were like, yeah, no, you've got to eat like clean sources of protein. Yeah. And I'm just, I feel grounded, clear. Like I, and we, I eat very, I eat very We talk about it on here a lot where I do think it's much more about your body type Absolutely. than it is about just a general. Cause I do, yes. I always say the example of my child who before she had any teeth reached for any meat she could find and would just gum it. And still obsessed. Like, we'll always go for the meat first than anything. Versus there are kids that are reversed that we're forcing meat down their throats and, like, all they want are vegetables and we force them to eat meat. But I do feel like we get so concerned about what people are telling us we should be doing and have to do that they don't, like... I don't... That's that's something that... I don't really address because the judgment that comes through is so hurtful. And I'm just like, I'm like, look, like, just enough already. Like, go do what works for your body. And And that's that's always what I say. I'm like, I'm doing what works for my health and my body. I eat respectfully to this planet. Um, I eat organic. I eat clean sources of whatever I'm eating. I've always invested in that. Even when I had no money, I was on EBT for a bit. I still was trying to go to Whole Foods and Erewhon. They were like, "Mm -mm -mm." no, anyways. (laughs) Um, But I just, that's my, that's something, because I laugh at this and uh, because people ask me if I'm vegan all, all the, the time. time. Everyone assumes I'm vegan. And I'm just like, that's funny. Like, why do you assume how someone eats? Like, that's strange to me. 
Agreed. <laughs> but it is what it is. Look, I, I agree. It's also interesting because even veganism has become, especially in Kundalini, a huge thing. Yeah. But I'm like, but he was never, pre he preaches vegetarianism, yes. but he never preached Yogi veganism. Bajan. Yogi Bhajan. Sorry, yes. yeah. He never preached veganism. Yeah. It's just the whole thing. I'm like, they, and, you sit on like sheepskin. And for some people, it works. <laughs> exactly. And, <laughs> and for some people, it, it works. Like Absolutely. I have, I have friends where they can eat totally plant-based and it's great for them. Um, I actually am just about to work with a health coach. She's doing, I actually just signed on with her yesterday. We're working together for six months. She is doing all my blood panels, my hormone panels, a stool sample, a year, like every, yes. she is literally going to get the full picture of everything going on in my body. And I am so excited. I haven't done anything like that in years. And I'm finally in a place in, in my life and my work and my business where I'm like, I've got to pay attention to this because for where I want to go, I've got to be the healthiest version of myself. Not even have to. I want to. But that's great. And I love that you say that and you're eating the way you need to eat for you. Because yes. I always say everyone is so concerned about what they're supposed to be doing that no yes. one's actually talking to themselves. Yes. it's And I was like that. I was listening to all of that. And um, it was, I was, I was sick. I was sick. And it was not good. That was a whole other chapter we didn't talk about. Because I don't talk about that stuff because I don't want to hear people's opinions about I what I eat. It's just like, you're like it's not going to change what, it. So you exactly. might as well hold your energy. Judgment does not change <laughs> things. Love changes things. Agreed. Information changes things. Um, and that's why I love, like I said, I got that information in my 20s about my blood panel. He's like, yeah, you like... He's like, instead of doing all these green juice cleanses you're doing, he's like, why don't you go to Whole Foods, buy a grass-fed, like, piece of beef and go cook it? Were you low iron and stuff? So low iron. <laughs> that I happened in one of my no teacher energy. trainings. There was a girl who's basically like, I'm trying to be vegan, but they keep telling me I'm really low iron, like, really drastically low. And they kept trying to give her reasons, but I have to give credit. Finally, the teacher was like well, maybe you just eat meat. Like yes. no one's preaching that you should go against, like be unhealthy. Yeah. Like if you really need iron and it's not, you're not, it's not, you're not getting enough from the other yes. sources, go get iron where you know you're going to get it. Like and my I, daughter's low in, by the way, she loves meat and she's low in iron. Wow. So, I it's, mean, there is a correlation, like she craves it and I have to give her iron supplements because she's oh low gosh. in iron. So I always try and push the red meat on her, if I yeah. can, anything to help her. I mean, she's four and she's low on iron, just naturally. Well, and it's interesting we're having this conversation because on my way here, one of my favorite podcasts is Lewis Howes. Have mm -hmm. you ever listened to School of Greatness? And he did a whole episode on like biohacking your health and he interviews a bunch of big health people. And all of them were just like, everybody's bodies are unique. And, you've, and they, they were talking a lot about the science, but really just like you got to eat for your body and traditionally human beings like we ate meat when we could catch it so it's obviously the way the typical american diet is it's too much meat right. and it's not clean healthy sources respectful to the animals and the planet that's not happening but when you are eating like predominantly veggies and like earth you know earth based foods fruits veggies seeds whatever, and then a little bit of um, protein, animal protein here and there, that's that's the way that we evolved over I know. It is interesting how it's, years, I know. You know? I, we should do a whole episode Let's on this, actually. Let's do a whole episode. I would, I would love to, because I talk about it a lot, actually, yes. that it's not even just food. It's just practices, too. Yes. People, 
you know, yes. want to be told what to do. And I'm always mm-hmm. like, you know, you're with a good teacher if the teacher is telling you how to go inside yes, and figure it out exactly. for you because it's going to be different. And that's what that's the whole goal of any of this stuff is to like get acquainted with yourself yes. so that you can grow, you'll grow yes. faster and in the right direction if yes. you're like, you know, connecting to your GPS. But and the, uh, and the last thing I'll say about that for anyone listening who's who is, you know, strictly vegan or vegetarian Great. By like, the way, take great care too. Of that's what I would say. I mean, yeah, that's because you because you want to say that because there is so much. I have zero judgment on in, any of in it. That, can, there can be a lot of judgment in that space. As long as it's, it's just, working for you, exactly. And if as it's long working as working for you, right. helping you be a great human being, great. And I say that on Carry all on. things. Like as long as eating meat is working for you, it's like as long as whatever you're doing is yes. working for you, then that's exactly what you're supposed to be doing. Yes. So that's that just, about, I love it. We're like four quick talk. I'm like, I know four. Now we've done a whole nother episode. <laughs> okay, last one. Speaking of the fours, do you have a sign? that you see a lot, that means you're on the right path. Oh, I love that. I do. So Mother Mary is one of my favorites. I actually have her tattoo. You have a lot of really great tattoos. Thank you. I have so many collected over the years. Well, I like them because they're all like small, like they're, it's kind of, I like it. Posted it's like around. a smattering. So Mother Mary is one of my signs and hummingbirds. Like when I see like a Mother Mary somewhere or a hummingbird, um, that's one of those energies for me where I'm like the universe is speaking to me. It's beautiful. I've had the craziest experiences with hummingbirds. They have like flown in my face. I'd be like, ask, ask a question to the universe. And then a couple minutes later, just smack dab in my face. I had one flying to my apartment once and oh. I caught it on camera. It's crazy shit. Amazing. They're so special. This has been so much fun talking to you. I'm so glad this has been. I know like, I'm gonna have to have you back because I feel like we have so much more stuff to talk about, and especially that. when your book comes out, for sure. That would be great. I would be honored to. And it's cool you guys got a great um, little glimpse into it. So no, I know it's amazing. So she is going to do her personal practice. So stay tuned. But thank you, thank you for being so open and oh, for thank sharing. Thank you for your incredible questions. Oh, you well, you're should very be kind. Like a, I don't know. Like you're like. Like that was like Barbara Walters, Oprah, <laughs> and like um, Larry King, like rolled into one. I, I will take that. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. I love that. I appreciate Thank that you so much. It's been amazing. Thank you. So now Natalia is going to do her personal practice, which is breath work into a connection to the deities. All right, so as long as you are not driving, go ahead and close the eyes. Relax the shoulders. If you are driving, that's okay. Just follow along, keep the eyes open. Let's relax the shoulders, relax the jaw. Go ahead and just roll the shoulders up and back a little bit, just opening up the heart center. Just a couple times back. And let's go ahead and put them forward. Open up the the back of the heart chakra. Just whatever feels best for you. Just opening up the space of the heart and letting the shoulders just melt and relax. If the eyes are closed, just letting the, the eyes just fall back into the sockets. Just release as much pressure. Anything you've been holding... Let the seat hold you. Let the earth hold you. Let's take a deep breath in through the nose, puffing up the belly like a balloon. Hold the breath, please. 
Exhale out of the mouth, O-shaped mouth, deflate the belly. One more time, deep breath in through the nose. Puff up the belly like a balloon. Hold the breath, please. Exhale out of an O-shaped mouth. Deflate the belly. Really feel the belly. You can put your, your hand on your lower navel if you'd like. Another deep breath in. Hold the breath. Exhale, let it go. We're going to do just a couple more like that. Deep breath in. Hold the breath. Feel the stillness. Just let everything go. Exhale, let it go. Now, last one. Take your deepest breath in, deepest breath you've ever taken in your whole life. Puff up that belly. Hold the breath. Hold. Let all the thoughts go. Let all the tension go. Exhale, let it go. And just letting the breathing normalize in through the nose and out through the mouth, please. And we're just going to focus. The eyes are staying closed. We're just going to focus at the third eye. So just the space between the eyebrows, Ajna Chakra. And just stare here almost as if you're cross-eyed. Just focus your gaze here for a moment. And at your mind's eye, I want you to visualize the most beautiful flower. Your favorite flower Give it the color, the texture, the smell. Just let it really viscerally open up to you in your mind's eye. Just really using the power of our third eye and our ability to see beyond sight. And just witness this flower and just be in awe of it, in awe of nature. See every detail And now I want you to witness yourself. Maybe this is a future version of you or the higher self of you. And just see yourself holding this beautiful flower in your hand. Are you holding it in the right or the left? What are you wearing? Witness this version of you for a moment. That is, as I said, that future version Maybe the you that you're creating or the higher self version of you. So hold that vision for a moment. And I want you to see yourself in a gorgeous space. The most beautiful space that can be inside or outside. Just a place that helps you to feel safe. And wherever you are, sitting in a meditative posture with your eyes closed, much like now, holding this flower, palms facing upwards in a space of receptivity. And in this safe, sacred space, holding this gorgeous, fragrant flower, just see the whole outline of you. What are you calling into your life? What is something that you are seeking to create? 
that you don't currently feel that you have? What is something that you are excited to experience? Hold that vision for a moment, like a meditation within a meditation within a meditation. Hold that vision. And as you sit in this sacred space, holding this vision, we call forth the energy of Lakshmi. And Lakshmi appears to you in this sacred space. And whether you know what she looks like or not, it doesn't matter. Just a sacred being here to offer abundance, prosperity, and assurance that whatever it is that you're calling in, that it is blessed and it is divinely guided. And she hands you something. So allow yourself to receive this gift from Lakshmi Ma. Her energy is around prosperity, abundance, overflow, infinite supply. She hands you a gift to remind you that your vision is divinely guided and that prosperity and abundance are assured. Take a deep breath in, deep breath out. And so in this sacred space, Kuan Yin shows herself. Beautiful deity, Bodhisattva of compassion. And as she floats there, stands there, sits there with you, whatever feels most comfortable for you, she blesses you with the infinite power of self-compassion. She reminds you to be patient with your journey, patient with yourself. And that in the unfolding of your vision and whatever your desire is, as you can be compassionate with yourself and with others, the most beautiful, delightful outcome is assured. And you can call on her in moments when you feel frustrated with yourself or with others in the journey of your unfolding. And now Mother Kuan Yin hands you a gift. You receive it. And so now you have your beautiful flower, your gift from Lakshmi, and your gift from Kuan Yin. So hold these energies with you. Take a deep breath in. Deep breath out. And then lastly, beautiful Mother Mary comes forth. and reminds you of the energy of divine love. That you are supported in this vision. That you are guided. And she brings you peace. Peace to your heart that everything is working out for you. Mother Mary's energy is just very softening and gentle Allow her to smooth over any rough edges in your life or in your heart. 
and you can ask her for guidance when you feel like, when you feel disconnected from yourself, from the universe, from God, whatever it may be. And she assures you that the way is clear for you. She hands you a gift, places it in your hand, and gives you a hug and a kiss. She is a very mothering, loving energy. Let's take a deep breath in. Deep breath out. And now placing the left hand on the heart and the right hand over the left, I want you to take the energy of these gifts and just put them into your heart. So physically, actually move your hands to your heart and just place these gifts, these energies into the heart, reminding you that you are prosperous, you are taken care of, you are guided there's so much love, power, compassion, and peace inside of you. And you don't have to be perfect. And you don't have to know all the answers that you are doing phenomenally well. At any time, you'd like a little reminder, you can connect to these energies. Mother Mary, Lakshmi, Kuan Yin, Divine Feminine energies. And before we come to, just visualize a beautiful golden light all around your body, all around your aura, and just hold these gifts in your heart, whatever they may be. Maybe you'll see them in signs or energies, or maybe someone will actually give you these, th these things, or you'll see them soon. And just remember, you are guided, you're taken care of, and just to be good to yourself. Let's take a deep breath in. Deep breath out. And then go ahead and gently, with the hands still on the heart, just bow the head. Gently open the eyes if the eyes were closed. And just acclimate your eyes and your energy back to the room. And be well. Thank you. Dent Talks podcast would not exist without these incredible people, Nicole Rappi, Reem Edon, Hayden Fungheiser, Kim Bielik, and music by Alex Fetter. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't subscribed, please do. And also wherever you listen, please go and leave us a review. It's so greatly appreciated. It really does help us out. If you want to keep talking about all this stuff, please join our community on our secret Facebook page. Go to Facebook, search Dent Talks podcast, and join us there.